Doctor? What doctor? Doctor who? Doctor who, did you say? Eh? Doctor who? What are you talking about? Or do you really know what you're talking about? I'm really going to need your help tonight, Ian, on this because um, I haven't got a bloody clue what's going on. Oh, did you not uh, uh, ingest the plot while watching it? I, I couldn't I couldn't figure it out. It this is a very strange story in that I went into it not knowing anything about it. Although as soon as Nissa appears in that most god awful outfit, Ooh, and it's like, the worst I, one yet, and it's like I think, I think maybe, maybe I saw photos of her in that outfit oh, and went, right. oh, I don't think I'm going to watch this. Um, yeah. So I had no clue. I know it's a sequel of sorts to yes, Kinder. It is, yes. Um, um, have you ever seen a snake dance? Can a snake dance if it's not got legs? It's not got legs. Surely it's it's just sort of wobbling. Can a fish dance? I don't think so. Can a whale dance? I want to see a, a Doctor Who story called Fish Dance. That would be good. Yeah. So, no, I I went into this not knowing what the heck was going on, and it is okay. just so incredibly dull. It, um, uh, can you imagine, um, like, you're a... Think back to when we were. So you're, you're a bit, you've been a fan of Doctor Who for a long time. You... You grew up with the exciting John Pertwee and Tom Bakers and all that exciting monster. And then you hit Peter Davison's time, and there's story after story where it's just people talking. I can remember, because towards the end of Peter Davison's run, I almost gave up. I almost gave up. You know, that period when it's like you're going, hmm, perhaps this isn't for me anymore. Yeah. And What's on I the watched, other side? Yeah, Yeah, and I watched this again, and whilst... Whilst I think this has got a, a bit more going for it, probably, than Kinder, <coughs> in that the cast is really good, and everything feels like it's got a veneer of cleverness, but when you actually watch it and, like you say, look at the plot, it's not really. It's, it's, this is pure Emperor's New Clothes, I think. Because this is, this is the favourite story of many a, a modern New Who writer. Is it really? It? Yeah, I know... Uh, in one interview, Stephen Moffat uh, said that basically all classic Doctor Who was pretty much crap, but this one was actually pretty good. See, I don't get it. I'm, yeah. I, I don't get any of that. I don't get, you just said, you know, the actors are good. I don't. I don't get it. They just seem, they're just boring. <coughs> I'm not saying they're not good actors. They're just boring that, to me. That's really interesting because in my notes somewhere, I'll get to it eventually i actually put about the acting that all of these people are acting as if they're in a kitchen sink drama yeah you know not i'm not saying like eastenders level or anything like that but they're all acting as if this stuff is really like they're discussing their car's mot over a kitchen table and i don't know whether was that like the director tell them look we want this we want to play it normal. We don't want to overhype. But I think this is one story where we could have done with a touch of the 
over actors just yeah. to liven it up a little bit. They've, they, 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 they've done a, a cardinal sin in this story <laughs> in that they've got John Carson in it, you yeah. know, who I, I adore John Carson, and it was a real surprise to see him in it. But he's so bloody boring. Yeah, everyone, everyone's underplaying. Yes, that's the word. Um, and I, and it's like, you look at it and you go, oh, Martin Clunes, oh, this will be good. And he underplays it. I know it was his first television role, wasn't it, this? So you can sort of understand it. And then you've got um, Colette O'Neill, who normally is quite an over-the-top comedy actress, and she's playing it dead dead straight. No, no sort of personality on any of these. You've got Jonathan Morris... From you know who was in from Bread, Bread yeah. a well well known comedy actor, dead straight, straight down the middle. No, and it I think it it suffers from that a little bit. Where's the over the top performance? Where's the where's the sort of the character you can latch on to? Yeah, I didn't like the fact that we've got Breathless Doctor in this. Oh one. yeah, this is this is a hundred percent Breathless Davison Doctor. But what uh, when I, I was watching like, it, I was thinking of you, thinking, oh, you're not no, going to like this. I didn't one. like that. And I didn't like the fact that the Doctor in this is a bit of a shit, really. He's quite yes. a bully to Tegan, isn't he? Yeah. Well, th- it's it's an interesting story, this one, in one respect. Because uh, evidently what the the writer wanted to sort of portray was the Doctor in any situation where he comes in, he normally acts and says things, and people instantly believe him, and and it's treated as, okay... This happening, and he, the writer sort of said, and I thought it was an interesting idea that um, he wanted to do it where the doctor was thought of as being mad. That he's come in and he's saying exactly what's happening. We all know it's correct, but all the other people would treat him as this guy's off his trolley, as they would in real life. Mm-hmm. I think it's an interesting idea, but the trouble is, we don't sort of watch Doctor Who for real life. No. We want a bit of escapism. It is a fantasy, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's a fantasy. Um, there's a touch too much in this one of your your hippie thinking, you know, your meditation and transcendentalism and that, which, you know, I'm not a fan of at all. Um, and the ending is... Well, we'll get to this later as well, because the ending is basically everyone going, this is the end of the world, and the Doctor going... Nah, not if I don't want it to be. Mm. And we'll revisit that when we talk about the next story as well. All right. All right. Yeah, but, but yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one. It starts badly, though, doesn't it? That watercolour backdrop. What the Ooh. bloody hell was that? That's painful. Yeah. That's painful. I, when, I, when I started watching this this time, I don't, I don't remember seeing it that badly last time, so perhaps it is it's the curse of the HDTVs again. But I thought, Oh, this must be in his mind. And isn't that, no, this is meant to be an actual location. And it's a, it's a terrible watercolour like you used to see at Jumble Sales. Yeah. <laughs> With this old, uh, this old geezer superimposed on top of it. Um, and you, your eyes are, are just suffering from that. And it cuts immediately to Nyssa coming into the TARDIS control room in that outfit. How can you... <laughs> you cannot have vertical lines and horizontal lines in the same bloody outfit. No. <laughs> well, you know, um, you know, they say that, like, uh, what is it, vertical lines are slimming and horizontal lines are fattening. Do you She's think got they, both. Can- <laughs> they cancelled her out? <coughs> oh, good God. Yeah, uh, uh, it, what? Oh, no. Well, no, this is no, the, no. 
this again is the curse of the J&Ts, wasn't it? Because he wanted... He had introduced a new outfit for... Um, for Tegan, and isn't that lovely? Yeah, <laughs> and it, it uh, and it got all on the front pages. So he thought I'd do the same for Nissa, and it's like you haven't, you know. I know you're a gay man, but you haven't really understood why the 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 uh, Tegan outfit got on the papers, have you? I'm not trying to be sexist here at all, but can anybody see that photo of Nissa and go for? I don't um, think it's possible, is it? I reckon, you know, probably one of the warehouse guys in a carpet shop <laughs> might and go, oh, that's, that's very the specific. That's the accident. How, how do you know that? Oh, I see the carpet yeah. thing. Right, okay. Yeah, right. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. Um, this also, watching this, it, it sent me so much back to um, this period in Doctor Who's history when, I don't know, did you used to get Doctor Who magazine? Yeah. At this point. Yeah. This this was the era when it went from like really good covers to every cover was a photo from the yeah. new series. And I can remember there was one issue that had Nissa. It might even have been that same shot coming in the Tazi, and it was Nissa in this outfit. And I think that's the thing that I saw, and it went, "No, I'm not yeah, watching. Yeah, I'm not watching that. I'm not watching that. Good lord. Um. But yeah, it's uh." <coughs> It starts off, doesn't it? She comes in. The TARDIS is lost again. Yeah. So, Tegan's what? having a nap. Yeah. yeah, Tegan's having a nap. I don't blame her, to be honest. She's having a kip. The doctor's um, found particles of antimatter. I yeah. that, that, that never came back. I thought no. that was going to be important. No, I thought, I thought oh, it'll be, will it be the Mara cause? It, it, this appears to be just a, uh, just a plot contrivance. Because they then say that Tegan must have set the coordinates for they're on a, a planet called Manusa. Manusa, yeah. I think I've written that down. Manusa. Um and they say that uh the only person that could have done it, because the doctor didn't pilot them there and uh Nissa didn't, so it must be Tegan. And it's like, well what's that got to do with the the antimatter particles? Yeah. That never came back, did it? No. I it was unless we both missed something. Um yeah. I also love the fact that Nissa gets out the TARDIS dictionary <laughs> that's a bloody and great book isn't it <laughs> it's a big old book and she immediately finds the planet Manusa and she goes um, uh, gravity terra normal blah blah terra normal blah blah terra normal why is that presumably time lord book All based doing everything Terran. based on earth yeah it's just you know, so you've got a, a Traken talking to a time lord and they're basing everything off of earth thing I mean it, that's so lazy, that. Hmm. You know, but why bring it up? Is any is anyone in the audience going to go, when they land and walk out, are they going to go, well, they didn't tell us what the gravity was. Hmm. Mm, very, very a filler, I think, isn't it? Just filling. It, and very, very dull. I mean, you know, all the acting in this, none of it's believable. <coughs> the costumes aren't believable. The marketplace we're just about to see, not for one second do you think that you're on an alien planet in this market. The design choice for what Martin Clunes is made up with, with the, <laughs> with the makeup and the earring, it's all very, yes. very odd. Well, it's, it's so 1980s, isn't it? This, this is always one that's brought out in it on when they want to take the mickey out of Martin Clunes. They always bring up this uh, show. Um, I mean, I, my only thought is that they were trying to go for something 
a bit like robots of death in that this is an alien culture but it all looks a bit silly <coughs> and you and can is, see yeah. why whenever martin clunes was on oh, a God, chat yeah. show they would yes. whip out these clips to humiliate and yeah. embarrass him and quite yes. rightly i would be embarrassed the, wearing I, that i think the I, the character is quite interesting and i think martin clunes does a an okay job um in portraying this uh, rich uh, idiot that's bored of everything. But the trouble is, no one else is acting differently. No. So you get this thing of where it's like, okay, he's bored. He's, he's got no interest in anything. You go, okay, that's, that's okay. But then his mum is bored and has yeah. no interest. And then the, 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 the guy from, that runs the museum comes in. He's bored. and to, it's, Everyone's very one note. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and I think it's it, all it very cheap. Yes. To- well, talking of cheap, we then cut to uh, Tegan's dream. It's yes. Like, Ooh, now that's cheap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> oh, dear. Not good at all. Um, and this is where we find out that uh, the Mar has come back. J&T, he didn't have that many recurring villains that started in his era. In fact, I think this might be the only one. The only recurring JNT villain um, is the well, Mara. Well, that's not exactly something to stand up and be proud of, is it? No. You well, I, I was just thinking, it's funny you should say that, but I was just thinking, is there any connection that in the JNT era, the, the only villain that came back that he invented was a big old snake? Python. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did it stand up and be proud? Probably. <laughs> It does um, at the end of this story. So it does, yes. Read yeah. into that what you will. We also get, that, and this is the this thing that annoys me and I've written in my notes, this, this isn't so much a story as pages and pages of exposition. And it's like Martin Clunes, firstly, where his mum says, as the son of the Federator that yes, runs this yeah, yeah, yeah. wow, this is clunky dialogue. And she also says about, or he says in that conversation, <laughs> the Mara was destroyed 500 yeah. years ago, but they celebrate its destruction even yes. now. It's even though they're want... ruled by the Federation. Yeah, you want them to turn to the camera, don't you? And then go, did you get that? This is important. Write it down. Did you understand yeah. that? Can we move on? Yeah. Yeah. Why are they mentioning the Mara? Because it's only, it's only relevant later on. Um yeah, very, very clunky exposition. I'll um, tell you what's clunky is this, you know, ineffectual, unconvincing market that's just next to yes. this uh, snake mouth into yep. a cave. We're told it's a big cave, yeah. but you, we never see it because they don't have yeah. the money to don't do it. To this, is, this is another one where it would have benefited from filming in a quarry, wouldn't it? Which, yeah. I mean, e- even the cheapest uh, 70s who could find a quarry cave entrance and no, film this is all it. studio bound yeah isn't it? oh it's 100 percent studio bound and it's it looks so cheap and like you said it's like there's several scenes of where uh, nissa's chasing tegan through the market and it's like <laughs> how have you how have you lost her there's four people in this market even <laughs> the people in the market are unconvincing yes yeah they're not they're not very good they're not um, we we get some weird dialogue from the doctor where he he says uh, dreams are important. They tell us things. This isn't the Doctor. The doctor wouldn't believe that dreams are important. He does this time. He does this time, yeah. He's uh, he's very into it. And then we get that um, 
I presume the, the I don't know whether this was written in to make sense of the title or the title was taken from this but the one of them mentions that um, there's snake dancers that mm. are wise people that go off and commune with snakes up in the mountain um, I say oh dear oh dear mm. I'll tell you what's oh dear and I wasn't expecting it at all at the end of uh, episode one is when Tegan has run off oh. and she goes into that tent and she meets this appallingly yeah. clad woman who is the biggest plank of wood I think I've seen since we did Blake 7 where we had the assassin cancer yes she's terrible can you she's imagine down this? there with her isn't she yeah can you imagine this instead with the I can't remember the actress's name but she was in bottom when she was the uh, the gypsy fortune teller yes, that predicted yeah, yeah. that Richie was going to die because <laughs> he gave her 5p um can you imagine someone like that playing it it's like <clears throat> apologies to listeners i got a terrible cough i had my uh covid jab and i'm now i'm horribly ill uh, but don't let that stop you getting your jabs um little <laughs> right uh, little public service message from us <laughs> big there. thumbs up image of ian doing that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. inoculations are great are great kids um, yeah you don't want to you don't want to get uh snake dancing or anything um yeah she she goes to visit this uh this unconvincing gypsy lady um and then we get which i hated in the last one we get the evil tegan <laughs> which isn't great is it it's it's awful I yeah mean, she can't do it i mean when martin clunes goes evil Although he don't put a lot of effort into it. At least it's like you go, okay, he seems to be enjoying it. Um, Tegan's idea of being evil is to look directly into the camera. Yeah. I mean, you know, um, you know, it's <coughs> nice for the Doctor to step back and yeah. the com- companions get a bit of, you know, time in the spotlight. But, no, it ain't good. I, I've got a, a, a sort of a, a hot take on on that idea because this gets raised quite a bit and knew who especially that that they complain that the the companions are just there to say what's that doctor and i sort of say there's a reason for that the companions generally are not that interesting no um or and can't act that well or can't act that well and i think this is a case in point it's like yeah they've they've gone let's have the doctor step back but who have we got to fill that void um, Nissa and Tegan. I mean, Perhaps when we should have had Adric back. Yeah, I mean, when Tegan <laughs> goes into that tent, which looks like something out of HR Pub and stuff, and it's a hall of mirrors, yeah. and she's just like messing around with the mirrors. That's painful. Oh, it's painful. I do love that Martin Clunes when he visits the market. He looks at the market stalls and goes, what a shoddy little booth. <laughs> and I say, oh, well done, Martin. Was that ad-libbed when you came on set? It's so cheap yeah. and unconvincing. And and everyone keeps stopping, don't they? They'll, they'll walk up to the snakehead entranceway, stop, and give you a load of exposition. Yeah. And they'll go into the cave, stop, load of exposition. Um, I think that's why you, can't, you, you don't remember the plot too much. I don't think there is a plot. No. Um, yeah, it's very, 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 very underwritten story, this one. We've just said cheap and unconvincing. What is cheap and unconvincing is when the Mara talks to the Tegan uh, yeah. through that talking skull thing, which is a bit of an oh dear moment. But she gets this stuck-on snake 
thing yes. on her arm. <laughs> a lovely shiny fake tattoo. Do you remember when you were a kid and you used to get those tattoos you used to put Got on? Got me with... 2000 AD, didn't we? Yeah, and yeah, that's right. Prog you, 2. You'd, you'd have to lick them, wouldn't you? You'd lick, them, yeah. lick it, stick it on, and then you'd have to like, lick the off. back of it and peel it off. And you was always proud of them, and then you'd flex and it would crack. Yeah. Um, and it, this is what this reminds me of. It's like one of those... Um, not really that convincing. Um, also what's not convincing, this is a planet God knows how far away from Earth. There's a scene It's when they're nighttime. It's nighttime. Yeah. And to show it's nighttime, they've superimposed the sound of an owl yeah. hooting. So they have owls on this planet, yeah. do they? Owls and snakes, yeah. Yeah. And people that look human. And, <laughs> can I just say, a Punch and Judy show. Oh, yeah. An undisguised Punch and Judy that show. That is a Punch and Judy yep. show. A Earth, Terran, Punch and Judy show. Why is it here? What, what I, I wish they'd have done is slip in a line and say, this is, the Doctor comes out of and goes, this is strange, it's an old Earth colony. And you go, yeah. oh, okay, fair enough. But yeah, yeah this, it's not meant to be an Earth colony. It's meant to be so far distant. I think it's in the past or something. But yeah, that you've got this Punch and Judy show. Which I, do you like Punch and Judy? I hate it. I just found it all a bit creepy. Yeah, I, back then. I, I never. It's like clowns. I never found them entertaining no. or funny as a no, kid. Just a bit disturbing. The yeah. guy who's doing the Punch and Judy <laughs> show was the guy who was one of the uh, puppeteers on Michael Benteen's Potty Time. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, I'd much rather have been watching Michael Benteen's <laughs> If I could have turned over, I think I would yeah. have. Yes, yeah. Um, um, Martin, whatever, yes. Lom, Lon, Lom, whatever his Lom. name is. Yeah, he takes old John, I can't remember what his name is, John Lom Carson, John. Yep. Uh, to the cave to show him all these artefacts. Oh, I found I got, one of these. I got their name here. Ambril. 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 John Carson. Okay. And, uh, but it's all to get him to try and reveal where this great crystal is. Everything's yes. about this great crystal, isn't it? Yeah, luckily, evidently, um, we're just at the time when they're going to celebrate getting rid of Namara. And to celebrate getting rid of Namara, they hold a mock reenactment of the ceremony to get rid of Namara. But if the Mara has this big crystal, then it can come back. Mm-hmm. I didn't quite get that. Why didn't it? Why did it bugger off the first time? If, yeah. it, if the crystal allows it to come back, perhaps it was visiting neighbours or something. But yeah, so so Lon, here's Lon, isn't it? L O N. L O N. Yeah, Lon. Yeah. Lon Chaney, Junior. <laughs> um, Just call him Junior. If, it'd been better if it was Lon Chaney, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, Junior. He, he he just wants the crystal. Because he's now... Oh, we've missed him, haven't we? He gets taken over by Namara, doesn't he? He does. He does. Yes, he, he meets Tegan. He gets Tegan's, a rubber sna a, a snake yeah. on his arm and starts wearing gloves, doesn't he? Yeah. The, Tegan slips him her snake. Mm. Which, again, I'm saying nothing about no. JNT here. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so he wants... I, c I couldn't work out whether... <coughs> pardon me. Whether the, the Mara is a single personality and is in Tegan... And they took over Lon, and he's not really the Mara, but or whether he's meant to be the Mara, because sometimes he acts like Tegan, yeah, as the Mara. We have that shot where he he's like talking Lon. kind yeah. of with Tegan's voice, so it's like yeah. one mind controlling them both. But he, he appears to be a bit of an idiot, or the Mara appears to be a bit of an idiot um, in this. 
Uh, we the doctor is is spent like almost two episodes now trying to convince people to listen to it. Yeah, and he's not um, listened to, is he's he? He's not listened to. No, so he barges his way into uh, Ambril's office, and we get this really weird scene where we're meant to think the doctor's super clever for pointing out that the the mask from the ceremony of the f- six faces or the five faces doesn't have five faces until you put it on. Didn't no one ever put that mm. headdress on before? <laughs> what did they think it was? Oh, well, you talk about headdresses. Oh, my God. Coming up in episode four. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. But before before that, we've got uh, Tegan <coughs> getting a rubber snake on her arm. Her transfer yes. has now turned yep. into a rubber snake. And episode three ending with a kill them from Martin. Oh, sorry, Lon. And that crap scream from Nissa to the camera. Yes. Yeah. Um, poor Nissa. She doesn't. She doesn't come well out this episode. She gets all the uh, um, listen to the exposition bits, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. Not really a character. Yeah. Episode four. Thank goodness. That. I mean, we've we've leapt a lot of this plot, but there's there ain't much plot. Much, That's no. why we're there within. 25 minutes, yeah. we're, we're almost there. <laughs> this um, could have been a one-episode special, couldn't it? Really? Yeah. When, when it stopped, you know, the execution of them, we get a, a, a chance to see the uh, the guards' outfits that they're wearing. And yes. they're shoddy as anything. I In my notes at this exact point, I've got, what weird and silly outfits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, yeah, it... Uh, they re- they they do they do a reenactment of this um, ceremony that was done 500 years ago, um, and the Mara starts to come back. But then the Doctor appears, and evidently you can you can stop this all happening. He, he's gone off and spoken to the old man from the beginning, the old man in a nappy, who used to be the the curator of the museum of the Mara, but decided to become a snake dancer. Yes, it's all very. He didn't dance much, comp- did he? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Didn't do a lot, to be honest. And he's taught the doctor that uh, that if the doctor concentrates his mind, he can repel and stop the uh, the Mara from crossing over. I thought the Mara had already crossed over. Yes, it's in Tegan. It's in Tegan and Lon. Yeah, and Lon. I mean, does it need that polystyrene snake to live in? What did the Mara do before it was expelled? Was it just a snake crawling about? I mean, at the end, this big <laughs> CSO snake we're going to see, yes. that's the Mara, isn't it? That's the Mara, yes. So, all right. Um, I thought we would vote on the Mara today, but oh, okay. also Martin Clunes in that god-awful ceremonial outfit. Oh, we're going gonna, to uh, talk about him. Yeah, because I suppose, yeah, you're right, he is an adversary, isn't he? And that outfit is... Well, that's that can't be June Hudson. June Hudson has come up with some classic outfits over the years. I don't know who the heck thought this was a good outfit. I wonder who. I wonder if I can find out who. There's nothing listed about who the designer was. So we have this some bollocks ritual. Um, yes. The, the crystals put in the wall, and everyone falls over unconvincingly. The snake falls off of Tegan's arm and becomes a CSO <coughs> snake, yep. which for no minute do you believe is actually there on set. No. No, the CSO in this story, I don't know whether it's because it's a, 
studio bound or something like that or whatever. But the CSO is appalling throughout. Whatever they shocking, use it. isn't it? Yes, very low quality. Yeah, and Tegan is in the snake's mouth. Yes, imploring the doctor to stop because he's got that blue crystal, hasn't he? He has, yes. And he goes up, puts the blue crystal on the great crystal in the wall, and uh, the snake dies, and that's it. That's the end. Yeah. Isn't that... Then they call the little crystal the little mind's eye or some, something like that. Yeah. And the the snake just withers away and dies. I think it just got bored, didn't it? Yeah. It went, oh, I've come back to here. I'd forgotten how stupid this planet was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that's it. And then we get a weird little coda at the end where um, <coughs> the doctor confront, uh, consoles Tegan. And Tegan says, uh, is the Mara gone? And the doctor goes, mm, I, don't, I don't know. It's like, yeah, he is, mate. He's not coming back. None of the New Who writers have uh, wanted to well, touch the Well, I don't know. Russell T. Russell T is back. Is he that's not? That's true. He might bring it back. Is he not? Yeah, we might see someone trying to slip a snake to uh, David Tennant. There might be one on Saturday, for all we know. (coughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ian? Oh, wouldn't that be terrible, though, if the big bad that they're saying is coming back, it's not the Toymaker, it's the Mara. It's the Mara. Oh, blimey. What a thrill. We're going to talk about the Mara and Lon, all right? Who do you want to do first, Lon? We do Lon first. Lon, all right. So, the design of Lon... Well, he, he sort of has two outfits in this, doesn't he? He has that weird page boy, big collared thing at the beginning, which you think, this is an embarrassing outfit. But then he appears in this, <clears throat> I suppose you'd call it ceremonial garb. I, 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 I'm still stunned. I've yeah. never seen a photo of this. I did not know that. Oh, did you not know? I've it's seen so the clips familiar. where you see him with his lipstick and his silly yeah. earring, you know, and I thought that was bad enough. But I was stunned when John Carson goes, here's the ceremonial garbs that your yeah. forefather wore, and he comes in wearing this thing. It's, um, how can you describe it? It's basically a tabard with a yellow belt, but then there's like blue clouds embroidered on it in a very strange way. Yeah, there's there's no way this was June Hudson, sure. Why are there blue clouds on it? I don't know. There's no snakes on it, which is weird. Um, and then he's got this weird headdress on that, that looks like a, <laughs> uh, a bowl with a um, sort of a star pattern stuck on the back of it and then a big old blue crystal. I mean, to be fair to Martin Clunes, he looks like he knows this looks stupid. He does look embarrassed. Yeah. With one glove on, of course, because it was yeah. the 80s. Um, can you imagine, sort of think back, you're watching Raids of the Lost Ark, and the final scene when Belloc does the, the ceremony to open the ark. Can you imagine if he'd have come out wearing this? <laughs> it would have been a different ending, wouldn't it? Oh, my God. <coughs> it, well, it, it's atrocious. It's, I don't, it's not often, there's not often that, that you sort of, you get annoyed at things like this. Because it was a different, a different um, era. Mm-hmm. But I remember at the time, this was thought of as crap then. Right. Even when it came out, it was like taking the mickey out of it in all the magazines and the fanzines and that. And someone got paid to design this. That's what's sort of the most baffling thing for me is someone someone not only designed this someone above them signed off on it yeah and then some poor sod had to sew this together 
and then some even poorer sod had to take it along to Martin Clunes <laughs> and say, here you go, Martin. Here's your uh, test for you, you, You've got to wear this. <coughs> it's shocking. It's terrible. It's Perhaps we should... We've never sort of done it. Do you think this is the worst costume in Doctor Who? It might well be. I think it might be, yeah. All right, let's start a new tally. Worst yeah, costume. Worst costume. And let's see <laughs> yeah, if I anything think, beats that one. Yeah, I think Lon might be uh, might be on there for a while. I mean, um, people deride old Sarah Jane for wearing that Andy Pandy oh, outfit, but that's nothing compared that's to this. That's nothing for that. Um, do you know what? I, I think even you and me could wear that Andy Pandy outfit... And we might get the odd glance, but we could go into Tesco's, do our shopping, and people would go, eh. imagine if you went into Tesco's dressed like this. You'd get arrested. <laughs> you would. No one, I, 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 I don't know, but I can categorically say 100%, no one has ever cosplayed that. No. no and no I one ever will. I so. <laughs> that's, that's, um, I wonder if, like... You know, they used to, just after Doctor Who finished, they used to do the Sotheby's auctions. Mm -hmm. And you would buy, like, a job lot of, here's ten Doctor Who costumes, and you might be lucky and get a side man. Some of you recognise, but most of them were just overalls and things like that. Can you imagine you you plonk down your 1,500 quid and this turns up? No, that didn't last the shooting. That went on a bonfire. You just know it. I wonder if Martin, perhaps Martin Clean's still got it. <laughs> on special evenings, yeah. he puts it back on. He puts it back on and, and dances under the moonlight with <laughs> his snake. A snake, snake dance. Yeah. <laughs> with his perhaps snake out. Is, yeah. Oh dear. Oh, oh dear. Sorry. All right then, um, out yeah, of 10 for that outfit. Um, uh, I'm going I'm to give it zero because I can't think of any redeeming features. I have given it a zero too. Yep. Yes. Yeah, Brilliant. yeah. Yeah. And how Poor effective Martin. was Lon, old Martin? Um, this is where we'll probably disagree, because I, I quite enjoyed his performance in it, up till about episode three when he seemed to give up. Perhaps that was when he did the fit in for this. Yes, he had seen um, what he's got to wear in the next episode. Yeah, That may, that may actually work, actually, because they used to work about a week before, didn't they? And there you go. I think you've it. cracked so, it. Yeah. But I, I quite enjoyed his performance up to then, and he seemed to be in a cast of people treating this far too seriously. He seemed to be having a bit of fun, um, but it is distracted by this outfit and just the general shoddiness of the the last episode. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give him four for effectiveness. Blimey, we do think alike. That's exactly what is I've it? given oh, him. Well. Yeah, I thought he was going to go for a zero again. No, 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 no. Um, all right, he should think himself lucky for that. Yeah. Fair. Okay, so that's a two. A uh, a. Uh, um, a final tally of two, and the Mara, then. The Mara. Which we don't um, see an awful lot of. No, I know, um, I know the, because uh, we had the, the horrible snake in Kinder, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of uh, complaints about it, and I know that they knew, when they brought this back, they wanted to do the snake properly. Um, I, I just, I'll just pre-warn you, don't type snake dancer <laughs> into uh, into Google. Um, <coughs> oh dear. That sounds to me like you have. I have, yes. Oh dear. Um, that's better, snake dance. I put in snake dancer. And you know what? That's a thing, evidently. You didn't get Zora from Blade Runner, did you? Uh, no. Oh, that would have been better. 
if they're you know when they're talking about Peter Davison's going to visit the snake dancer and it cuts and they ju- he just he's in there. That would have been good. It's Martin Clunes in that outfit. Yeah. Oh, dear. oh good. <laughs> With Harrison Ford being uh, just walking out going, I'm not doing it. I'm not taking part. Um, it's not very good, is it? The snake. No. Is it worse than a Kinder one? Mm, I don't know. I'm looking to see what we gave the Kinder yeah, one. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that because. Oh yeah, I've got it. Yeah, I see what we what gave did, it. What did we give it? A total combined, you know, thing is one and a half. One and a half. <sighs> but that I think was combined. It's, yeah, I think it's slightly better, isn't it? I, I'm going to give it. This they, is they the tried, design. Yeah. This is the design. Yeah, they tried. They tried to learn from the the, the weird paper mache snake. Uh, I'm going to give it a three Ooh. for design. I gave it a one. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's a two. And how effective was this? Uh, well, it starts off as a transfer, then it's yes. a, a, a rubber snake on the arm, then it's a CSO snake. Yeah, um, it's let down by the CSO, um, and also if they if they did Kinder and everyone complained about the fake snake, don't have a fake snake at the end of your next yeah, story. Yeah, Just good point. Do, do something differently. Um, I don't think it works at all. Uh, I don't think the Marvel works at all in this story, but I don't think the fake snake in any of its forms wor- works particularly well. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a one and a half. One and a half. Okay. <coughs> I gave it a one again. Yep. All right. So that's a uh, 1.25. So that is 3.25 divided by 2 equals 1.6. Is that what did we give it last time? 1.5. 1.5. So that oh, is okay, point so it's marginally better. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um before we move on, I'd just like to say this was an incredibly dull story. Mm. Very boring, very confusing. I didn't buy any of it. I didn't like any of the performances. And because of that, for that reason, this is going on my bottom three. Really? Wow. Because it is really dull, like dull, it. dull. So I, I'm going to put it in at number three. Wow. Because I rate this worse than Castro Valva. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think Castro Valva was on my bottom three. It is. It's your is number it? three. It's, do you know what? I, I, I'm, I didn't think I would, but I'm probably going to have to agree with you because Castro Valva, we at least had the master in it and yeah. a couple of nice scenes. The rest of it was dull as ditch water. This does all Martin of it is Clunes, dull as ditch, yeah. ditch water. Does Martin Clunes redeem it? No, I'm, I'm going to join you. I'm going to knock all Castro right. Valva has saved itself and Snake Dance is going in. Okay. All right. Now, normally, at this point, we will announce who we're going to talk about next yes. and what story we're going to talk about next. But we're going to talk about another story now, aren't we? We are, yes. We're, uh, we're doing something a little bit special. Um, about something rev- not so special. Yeah, we're revisiting a past Doctor, although he's... He was meant to be the next Doctor for us. Well, we it? don't know yet. We still don't know what the deal <laughs> no. is. I mean, the BBC say it's the 14th Doctor. I still think this is all a red herring, and it's, it's uh, just... Do you think it's uh, 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 like a mind projection type it, thing? It, it's all imaginary. That's what yeah. I'm thinking it is. And then and then he woke up, and we've got Nakuti, you know. That's what I think it is, and I hope it is, because 
if not <laughs> I don't think they would I don't think they would be that crass to be fair well we're going to find out I don't know I think it's going to be the reason he's the 14th again is going to be some pathetic made up reason we almost got it this week didn't we With when he said why this face is it because I needed to to, to sort of remind uh, Donna that you're you were the Doctor Donna and it's like oh are they going with that no because then you then it raises question you know who who did that mm. I I thought they were going to dangerously veer close to there's some sort of godlike character <laughs> well maybe there will be we don't yes, know no, right we now don't we know. don't know all we know is it is three days on from the Star Beast and what yes. Ian and I have decided to do is we're going to have a like a uh, a double bill. So normally next uh, show we'll be, we'll be talking about the 10th. This effectively yeah. was a 10th Doctor story. So, so everything in everything by the name, wasn't it? This yeah. Was the 10th yeah. Doctor story. So Boy, that's it. what we're going to do. We're going to talk about the star beast because yeah. Um, yeah, why not? It's still not? fresh in our minds. I don't think I'm ever going to go back and uh, rewatch it. So no. let's and do al- it. Also, um, uh, in no way at all did we do this so that we didn't have to watch another Tenth Doctor episode. That <laughs> Not wasn't at didn't, all. No, didn't <laughs> enter into it. Um, what's your What's your history with the Star Beast story? Well, you know, after you know the end music to uh, this podcast, yeah. we're going to have my audio commentary. Oh, all right. right. So. I do apologise. I might, might, I might be I repeating myself. No, you haven't heard it. Nobody's heard it. Okay. <coughs> um, and um, but um, my history with it is seeing it that first time in Doctor Who Weekly, yeah. and um, back then, you know, um, the TV series. I had lost interest in it. You know, we had had Blake Seven come out, and I and I was far more into Blake Seven than Doctor Who because it was very silly Doctor now. And but then I was massively into 2000 AD, and so when Doctor Who Weekly comes out, and you've got John Wagner and Pat Mills, two of the Titan of yep. the writers of 2000 AD, are going to be doing the scripts for it. And then you bring in Dave Gibbons, who I adore. One of the best yeah, book artists because in the world. Yeah, because, you know, absolutely. He had, um, I, I, I loved his work that he, he did in, um, in, in 2000 AD on Robusters. Yep. I adored that. Then he started Rogue Trooper, and I adored that. And then he left 2000 AD. He had been pinched to move across a lot of it was to do with uh, creators rights back then 2000 AD um, you were paid a flat fee for your artwork you never got any recompense for any sort of reprints or merchandise or anything like that where it, whereas the deal at Marvel UK um, meant that you did so he moved across with Pat Mills he, he uh, co-created with Pat Mills, The Star Beast, one of his earliest stories. And I remember really, really, really loving it, you know? Yes. It, it, I, I'm sort of the same as you. I, I had pretty much given up Doctor Who around this time, watching it on telly, because uh, Blake Seven was around. But also, I think on a Saturday, you had Buck Rogers hmm? on the other channel. So I think I'd... I'd got a bit fed up with the silliness. Like I say, I, I think my final story that I watched was uh, Nightmare of Eden. 
Mm -hmm. So someone can work out when that was. But uh, yeah, I, Doctor Who was increasingly silly at this point. And where did we turn to for more gritty, serious stories was Doctor Who Weekly, where you had the, the ongoing main comic strip, which was usually, although it had humorous bits that, that Dave Gibbons did brilliantly, it also had a, a serious backbone. So you had things like City of the Damned, yeah. unless you're in America, and it's City of the Cursed. Uh, Iron Legion. Iron Legion was story. great. Was and, and this one, uh, Star Beast. And it was a great story, and it, it had it was it was so sort of revolutionary for the time because it introduced uh the first black companion mm -hmm. in Sharon, who was a great character and she actually had a really good arc and grew up in the strip. And not this strip, but on, an ongoing she was an ongoing companion. Um a great doctor and a great villain in the Meep. Beat yes. the Meep was amazing. I remember I used to stare at that that panel. I can see it now. You know the panel where it's just the the row of of meeps and they're at a chopping block, mm. and they're singing that little meep song, choppity choppity, whatever. And I, I remember thinking, oh, this is brilliant. This is so terrifying stuff. Um, so yeah, I I was sort of looking forward to this one because I thought they can't get the story wrong. I've never heard the big finish version of you. No, I haven't. No, a lot of people like it though, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. So I might have to grab it out. Um, but great story really good reintroduced unit to the comic strip it was really good stuff and then when they announced that they were using this for this i think there was a lot of fan theory at the time wasn't there that how is this going to fit in you can't just do this story without acknowledging that it happened before but of course they don't bother it's just nah we'll just nick this story um But uh, so yeah, so I, I was sort of even if even if the rest of it's crap, I thought the story's going to be good. Mm. Little did I know how much they would cut out of it mm. and change. It is the bare bones, isn't it? Very you bare know? bones. In the, I think the only thing that comes over is you've got a character called Meep, lands on Earth, ostensibly a cute, good creature, yeah. but turns out to be evil. But whereas in the comic that was spread over several weeks. And you, <clears throat> you were in on the, you were in on the, uh, the the mystery, in that you would have panels where you got the meep's thoughts and like when it's talking to Sharon in a cutesy way, but it's thinking, I, I just want to kill you. Yes, um, <laughs> that was, which this that was they totally don't... Pat Mills. That was that's well, a really that's Pat brilliant. Mills thing. Yeah, um, but they don't they don't really play with that at all in this because they they obviously want to reserve the time for other things. But the actual meat bits, they could have done so much. Like, there's a, there's, that when the meat lands, it's injured, isn't it? And so immediately Sharon and, and the other kid are like, oh, you know, we've got to do this. And this is pre ET as well, isn't it? Yeah. So everyone goes, oh, they're finding the creature in the shed and that. That's so ET. Eh, no. Other way round. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it was a shame that. Because I, I, I quite enjoyed the meep in this. It's a shame the story wasn't about the meep. No, no. And, you know, again, I'm going to repeat myself a lot by having yeah. this audio commentary following this. I mean, it, it, it started off and I was hoping we we're going to be okay. Um, but it became very 
clear very quickly that Russell T. Davis basically wants to go back in time and continue what he was doing back then. Yes. Because it was a traditional 10th Doctor story with all the faults that come <laughs> with it, you know. Um, I was very surprised that there is a point in, in the story where everything changed for me, right? There yeah. is a pivot. There is a complete pivot in the story for me. Um, but when it starts off, it's like, okay, yeah, I've seen this before. Okay, okay. Well, I, I, I disagree a little bit there that we said it before because they start off with a with the Doctor and Donna talking directly to the audience. Ah, yes. And it's like, that was so weird and jarring. I understand some a lot of viewers are not going to even remember Donna Noble or what the hell her story was. I mean, a lot of people might say, myself included, that what was the point of rehashing this storyline when you just piss on it at the end? Yeah. On, on your own setup which is something we've never seen Russell G. Davis do before, have we? <laughs> Bad Wolf. Um, <laughs> and so we had this really weird look into camera, badly filmed, and then we get that weird shot of the 10th Doctor, uh, the 14th Doctor, 15th or whatever Doctor he is, David Tennant, David Tenninch. We get him superimposed in that star background by the planet. It's like, what, what audience is this aimed at? I don't know. But something I'm going to say in the audio commentary is, um, and it occurs to me while that's happening, is, hang on, who are they talking to? Yeah, that's what I... It's like, well, they're talking to the audience, aren't they? You, you didn't have anything where it turns out that's a recording the yeah, Doctor's done. that's what I was waiting for. You know, at the end, uh, so, Wilf, if you're viewing this, something terrible has happened but this is where... It, that would have been good, set up a bit of tension. But no, this is literally... I imagine someone at the last minute said, uh, Russell, what if people don't remember? Oh, I'll just bung in, get David still in costume, get him to talk to camera. Yeah, so that's stupid. <coughs> um, Very weird. Yeah, so we've got in this story a lot of the things I've got a problem with with New yes. Who, which is first one we ever see is the TARDIS arrives, there's no one around to see it arriving. Yeah. We have the Doctor coming out and looking around at him, uh, uh, his surroundings with his smile on his face like a child in a toy shop, yeah. which I'm fed up with seeing from uh, the Tenth Doctor. Um, also, when he was young, you sort of you accepted <laughs> that. Um, but he ain't anymore. Naive, no, it's it's. This will be a weird reference, but it, it's the same as when I watch uh, the later Laurel and Hardy films. Yeah. They're not particularly funny, and it's not because cause it's the same gags, but you've got these people are older, yeah. and what works when you're, you know, twenty something doesn't work when you're no, fifty that, something. That's a very good analogy. <laughs> Basically, what you're saying is uh, they look a lot older, and we've seen it all before. Yes, which yeah. is exactly what you can say about the Star Beast because he yes. goes off, he wanders around, he bumps into Donna. Oh, Straight what a away, surprise! Yeah. <laughs> What are the chances of that, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why I thought they were going down the route of, and like you say, it might actually be this, that someone's controlling this. Because otherwise, it's such a... Yeah, he lands and he, he sees someone uh, with a load of parcels and he takes the top two parcels off and it's Donna. I, I, I will step in here that I think I have a slightly better appreciation 
and enjoyment of the Doctor and Donna together than you do. I, I don't quite, mind yeah. the, them here. But as I say, there's a pivot point in this story, and then everything goes downhill. I really don't mind. And I will say on the audio commentary, I don't (coughs) mind Donna. I quite like Donna. I I enjoy all up to it. Yeah, do you know what? I mean, I I probably can guess what the pivot point is. But for most of this episode, I really enjoyed seeing Tennant and and Donna back together. Yeah. Uh, Because it's quite a refreshing... She doesn't love the Doctor. In this one, she doesn't know the Doctor, which is quite works quite well. Um, so I quite enjoyed that. But I didn't really enjoy the Tenth Doctor shtick of, what, what, what? Look oh, at that. Oh, again. Oh, Zany, no, don't do a... the what, what, what. Yeah. Don't do the raised eyebrow thing. Yeah. Don't do the Alonzi, but we got them all, didn't we? What, what a wasted opportunity. You mean what, what? Okay. What? Yeah. What? Oh, what? 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 Oh. A wasted opportunity. <laughs> Why? Imagine if. So we we got the regeneration scene at the end of um, Jodie Whittaker's, and he goes, "What? What? What?" Have him appear here. Completely different character. Same face. Yeah. Completely different acting style. Wow! Great. Would have that been? Well, I've. It, it, I, I thought about it over the last couple of days. Is what about if if they produced another version of this story where it's not David Tennant but it's old Nakuti in the role I mean it falls down a bit because you know Donna's mother's gonna recognize him and stuff like that but but at that point we find out daughter's uh, daughter's got a Donna Donna's got a daughter right yes called Rose now aside from that what 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 bit of Rose couldn't they have called her Sharon as a nod to the comic. Well, I, I thought that. I mean, th- th- there's a reason, that, well, a really stupid reason why she's called Rose. But I thought well, this would have been great. Have her be the Sharon character. Yeah. Um, the, the only, the only, the only sort of drawback I had with, other than the ending with this character, was. Right until they say that she's 14. I just assumed she was like 22, 23. It's like, this is... hmm, Why would you... And I imagine, again, it's a... (coughs) They probably met met the actress, cast her, wrote this character, and then someone's pointed out, you know, know, it's only been uh, 15 years since Donna left. And they've gone, oh, why, why not just set this story in 2035? Yeah. I I wasn't aware when I watched it and did the audio commentary, and it's only since I've watched, you know, or, or, or seen people talking about it, I wasn't aware that this Rose character is actually trans. Well, they, I mean, they they mention it, or they 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 sort of they would don't mention it and come out. Is that the bit it. with the schoolboys mocking yeah, so, her? Yeah. So is that the, what that the, bit was? Yeah, the schoolboys are using uh, her dead name. So they're saying, right, Jason, and then lots of references are made to the, that uh, uh, Rose is a trans woman. And I, I, up to that point, I thought, okay, it's a little bit heavy-handed, but that's, that's fine. I think, you know, you, you've included a, a trans actress. You've not shied away from it. You've used it. That's fine. It's only at the end when... 
it just goes very, very, oh dear, um, which we'll get to. But uh, yeah, it's, that that is weird. I because I knew I knew the actress was trans. <coughs> See, I didn't know that. You didn't know that. And um, I figured they would probably write that in somewhere because it's Russell T Davis, and you can't possibly just accept a trans person without without mentioning making a plot it. Point of it. <laughs> True. Um, oh god. Um, and uh, I've read lots of reviews where people said that that they did even after watching it once they didn't what was that all about they didn't really pick up that this was meant to be a a trans character no it it, it flew me by I think I might have been opening another beer at that time you might have been yeah Yeah. perhaps you weren't paying attention perhaps it's because you're a a bigot that's probably what it is I hear you're racist now yeah Um, other than the fact that I'm sorry the actress is a plank of wood. Yeah. She's not a good actress. I love the fact that they actually write that in as a meant to be a, a funny little line when uh, Donna says, she can't act. I'm like, how do I tell her? She kind of, <laughs> it's like, that would only work if you've got a really good actress. Yeah. She's not the world's greatest actress. Um, but up to a point, it's a throwaway character, isn't it? Really? Uh, it's a bit of filler. This whole sort of subplot until the end when it takes over the center stage. <coughs> but um, yeah, I my because they they we get the bare bones of the comic strip. A, a spaceship crash lands, or does it? Um, and then the Doctor goes off and sneaks past you conveniently with the husband yeah. of Donna. So we get an info yes, dump yeah. about what she's been doing. Yeah, the the taxi next door just happens to be Donna's husband. And then, yeah, the next five minutes are just, uh, this is what's happened. Yeah. Um, which is really, which again is either going to be, okay, this is all, like you say, a dream or imagining or a, a construct. <coughs> but, <coughs> pardon me. If it's meant to be real life, this is so many coincidences in a row. It's pushing it, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, mm, there's plot contrivance and then there's, oh dear God, what are you doing? And do you know what, at this point, and this sort of sums up my feelings on Russell T. Davis's writing, is I don't know which one's more likely, mm. whether it's just shoddy or whether it's clever. Um, I think it's the former. <laughs> yeah, and then we get, uh, we meet Unit's new scientific advisor. Oh dear God. Yeah. Who uh, is in a wheelchair because has to be. Now, um, I say this on the audio commentary. Is this a reference? Is this in any way connected to old Russell T talking about Davros that we can't have a evil person in a wheelchair? This isn't a, a swinging back the other way to have the scientific advisor in a wheelchair, is it? I think it's connected. Um, I suppose we've got to do a little aside here to to cover Russell T. Davis's absolutely mad pronouncements recently. So yeah, they he decided that that Davros couldn't be in a wheelchair, although Davros was never in a wheelchair. He was in a life support system yep. that the Daleks <coughs> were then modelled on. Exactly, yep. So not a wheelchair, Russell. And then he said uh, himself and a lot of the crew didn't like the connotation that 
being disabled equals being evil. Which is not a connotation anyone has ever made. That's like saying Hitler yeah. had brown eyes. Anyone with brown eyes is evil. Yeah. You know, well, I, didn't I, I think I used to say that, like, my mum used to say, never trust anyone with a beard. Yeah. And it would be like, uh, it'd be like that, saying, yeah, Hitler had a tash. Hitler murdered millions of people. Don't trust Therefore, anyone with a tash. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I... <laughs> I sort of see what what Russell T. Davis is aiming at, but this and again this will come back later on with the the, the whole trans business. He's he, he appears to me like that that old uncle that is trying to be politically correct, but is putting his foot in at every opportunity because yeah, because yeah. he's the one that's now saying. <clears throat> You can judge a, you can judge a, a subsection of humanity based on their physical characteristic. Hmm. Why? Why would you want to do that, Russell? Yeah. Um, yeah. So if, if you can't, you can't have a character in a wheelchair be evil. But then, surely, not all people in wheelchairs are good. So no. surely you can't show someone being good in a wheelchair. And if you follow that to its extreme. You shouldn't show anyone with a disability in case. <laughs> you know what? It's it's just mad. It is madness. Yeah, it's total it's very, madness. Very very sort of weird. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, I've seen this. I've seen this um, actress before. She's been in a few things recently. Um, not not my favourite actress, I'll say. No. Don't think she's particularly good at drama no um, no but yeah and and this is where it starts as well we've had it a little bit with donna but you expect it from donna where she's very disparaging to the doctor yeah that was part of their character we got another one funny but then everyone in this episode that's female is disparaging to the doctor yeah to the point where later on it's actually in the script but yeah so the, this scientific advisor uh, doesn't really need the doctor's help, doesn't want the doctor's help, not excited about meeting I'm the doctor. I'm a scientific advisor. Yes. yes, yes. All she's it, worried about is that she gets a bonus. Yeah. You said earlier, you know, this uh, um, comic strip came out before E.T. Um, but what we've got next of Rose meeting, you know, yeah. uh, Meep in the shed is just... It's pure E.T. It's pure E.T., totally and utterly. And then hiding... You know, yeah. the meep in amongst the toys is pure ET. <coughs> I um, they they got to have copied it, haven't they? This isn't just um, they've written the same scene and someone's pointed out and they've gone, oh no, I never knew. This is yeah, they they I think they're trying to evoke memories of ET, which you really only should do if you're doing something better than ET. Otherwise, you're just reminding people that. This was done before in a better yeah, way. I wish I was watching ET right now. Yeah, um, <laughs> and we we it's introduced that uh, that Rose creates very very weird stuffed toys, which will be a plot point later on. Yes. Um, so yeah, uh, Donna comes in, thinks that the meat is the best one toy. yet. Yeah, pokes it in the eye. Why would you do that on a stuffed toy? Mm. Very strange behaviour. Um, I gotta say, at this point, just 
just a bit. I think the 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 meep realization is pretty good. I didn't realize mm. it's a suit. I thought it was CGI. Oh, I, I assumed it was CGI. Was no, it a suit no, as no, well? no. There's behind the scenes photos yeah, right. of them all. Po- unless that's a CGI photo of the meep with these them. Days. But but however it's done, I think it's done really well. And I quite enjoyed Miriam Margulies's yes voice on until it. I mean, yeah. until. She's fine when it's like the odd word, yeah. odd sentence. But yeah, later on, speech. when yeah. she's doing a bit of a speech, it's like, you just sound like an old lady, which yeah. you are, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the, I was expecting the meat to be abysmal. <coughs> and, and, you know, but it's not. It's, it's done really well. No, full but, credit to them. They are yes. completely, completely... I'm sure Dave Gibbons must have been chuffed that they've oh, completely so, yeah. copied it, haven't they? Yes, yeah, they don't. The, the only thing they've changed slightly is the eyes. They've made the eyes more human because the the meep had like vertical cat like eyes. Cat eyes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, presumably for the reason that cats are the cutest animals. In the or world. you sell more toys with cuter yes. eyes. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. Well, we know we're going to get a string of meep toys. Oh, you just we? know it. Plushies and everything. Yes, Furbies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is where it starts to where I I started thinking. Oh, this is going to be so cut down. We're not going to get any of the nuance because because they don't really do anything with the the meepers pretending to be cute. No, to win over Sharon, as in the comic strip, or in this case, to win over Rose, because it <coughs> they don't do anything with it. The meep isn't injured, um, so there's none of that aspects there. We don't get any of this uh, inner monologue. Um, so none of that depth is there. So it's a very, very surface level. It would have been good if it portrayal. was there, though. Oh, it'd have been brilliant. Yeah, we've certainly had plenty of time for it. Yeah, if we were in on yeah. what the meat <laughs> is doing, that would have yeah. been far more interesting. How good would that be? Because you could have shown that the meat, you know, have have the meat kill a soldier, cold blooded. Then when Rose finds the meat. And the meeps pretending to be good. The audience is going, I, beware, yeah. I know that character's evil. That would be much better. Yeah, yeah you're but right. But then we, f- we forget that Russell Davis couldn't plot his way out of the paper bag. No. As we'll find out later. Um, so, yeah, they, the, the meep is immediately taken into the house and the doctor immediately turns up. And this is where Russell T. Davis starts to uh, unlatch his plot from previously so up till now it's been that the the donna can't even see the doctor because it will she will then get a mem- <coughs> get a memory back mm-hmm. and um consequently her head will explode but then we start getting the revision because russell t davis has written himself into this corner and isn't really clever enough to write a decent way out of it so he, it's like the doctor's going, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't mean just see me. She's got to remember me. Mm. And she won't remember me unless we remind her. So he comes in and um, we get the, the, st- the start of the... We haven't mentioned yet. Let's, let's, let's mention here the, the Disney effect. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> the, the perceived story given out by the BBC is that We've done a deal with Disney to distribute outside of the UK Doctor Who. 
But only okay. from this story onwards. From this story onwards, yes. Because yep. this is episode one yep. of the, the third reboot of Doctor yep. Who. <clears throat> so, that was the story at the time. And then it was, well, would they, they, you know, for this, they're going to give us some money for the budget. So we can afford better effects. Uh, okay, okay, okay. But they're not got any control or input. No, 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 no. It's Disney, isn't it? No, no, they don't know anything about storytelling. <laughs> so then it's like, oh well, well they, they they've got they they can give us story beats. They can give us story beats. Oh, and they've also um, part of the deal is that we have to abide by the Disney code. Uh, charter, the code of inclusiveness. Yeah. Um, which it's now come out, and I don't know how true this is, but it's now come out. Um, it's certainly on the, the. I don't know whether you you watch the Critical Drinker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's now come out that part of this is written in that any future casting of the doctor has to represent ethical diversity. Yep. Um <laughs> so it's gone from no no we've just with the the Disney We're just the distributing to Dis- Disney are running it now. Yeah. They've got their name at the beginning and throughout this there's Disney things. So we've now got a Marvel-esque Hooniverse logo at the beginning. Yep. Which is exactly the same of Marvel, so it runs across the letters, and it's all the clips of older and better characters. You've got, uh, in this, uh, so Donna is now the Winter Soldier. Yeah. Who, <laughs> good, who good point. Yeah, has, has her memory hidden. It's still there, but hidden and can now only be brought about by a series of random words spoken to her. Very that good then point. I hadn't, I hadn't made that yep. connection. Yeah. We've also got, instead of in the, in the, original, in the original strip, when, when people were taken over by uh, the, the, the energy of the black sun from the meep, their eyes just went black. Mm. But now we've got the... Uh, uh, Avengers assemble when Loki stabbed people with his uh, his spear. Their eyes went all glowy and that, and so we've got that. But then this next scene, the new sonic screwdriver no. is basically something from Iron Man. So he can now use it to create those really really stupid floating displays. Yes, and he can also use it. To sonically create force fields. Uh, force fields that can't be moved by bullets hitting it, but can be moved by a person pushing it. Yes. What what was going on there? Surely, if if you can move it sideways, anything hitting it is going to move it the other way. Or yeah. it, it's so un-Doctor Who-ish. This it's the final nail in the coffin that. The sonic screwdriver is just a magic wand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anything you want is now possible with sonic screwdriver. So we get this really ludicrous uh, sequence where the Doctor creates these big shields and pushes them in front of the possessed unit troopers and the wraith warriors who have appeared, and they just carry on firing at yeah. the shields. They know it doesn't work, but they, they continue they firing work. at it. They know that that the Meep and the Doctor don't have projectile weapons, 
but they don't walk in. No. And they can they see them running up the stairs away. to the yeah. attic, but they don't terrible. pursue them. Yeah, it is terrible. terrible. Yeah, um, and, and a lot of this story, this is where it's all starting to become a case of uh, Russell T. Davis's greatest hits, uh, which equals things I find annoying about New Who, is that when they go outside, they go up and through the attics and come back out. And destroying get, people's property. Yeah, yeah. When they come back out, you've got a firefight in the yes. street between the possessed <laughs> unit soldiers and the rest of them and the wraiths. You know, these yes. uh, we're going to find out are who, um, space yeah, policemen. Yeah, space police. Who, um, and this is them talking themselves or writing themselves into stupid territory as well, isn't it? So the wraith were basically stolen and became the Jadoon. Yeah. Yep. The police force for the galaxy. Yeah. But now they've gone, well, we want the wraiths in. Which we are, they should have just used the Jadoon. Yeah. But the other thing is, they've also decided that the wraiths should fly with little wings. But that just made me think of Justice League. You know, yeah. the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those the, creature things. Yeah. yeah, the demigods. Dark sides people. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Down to the goggles and everything. So, <clears throat> oh, dear. Yeah. But my problem with it is this firefight in a street yeah. in London... Not one person comes out to find out what's going on. Well, London's rough these days. You know. <laughs> another firefight. Well, um, this whole story, and again, if you're right, and this is a, a construct or dream... Yeah, that can explain I'm, it. I'm willing to go, yeah, okay. Because at the end, everything's put back. Well, yeah, the lava no that's going to come, yeah. you know, cracking open down the streets. At yeah. the end... The streets heal back up, but while yeah. they are streets of lava, not one person has come out to have a look what's going on. Yeah, you're telling me none of those lava cracks went under a building? That would never have happened in, in Classic Who. In no, a John Pertwee or Tom Baker, you'd have had people come out and go, what the hell's going on? That unit truck has just blown up and fallen up yeah. into the air and crashed back down. Nobody comes out. And what you could do, you can cover this. You'd have to you'd have to write a little bit differently, but you could have covered this. In the old days, they'd have had the Brigadier appear and go, uh, or Captain Yates go to the Brigadier and say, we've evacuated the area, sir, yeah. as you ordered. One line. Covered. But the trouble is, what they would have, then have to do is, Russell T. Davis would have to go, oh, so why are Rose and that still there? Why yeah, is, why is Donna still there? You'd have to do a bit of thinking, but no, they don't. no mention of that. But there's no one about. I, I've, I've read reviews where they go, thank goodness for Disney's money. Look at the amazing battles we can have but none of it was particularly believable because like you said there was no collateral damage no um nothing nothing really that okay they blew up a car yeah Mm. with no one in it with no one in it yeah but oh yeah no one no one dies in these stories no the tipping point for me in this story, the point where I up until I that point, yeah, is like, yeah, if you squint and don't look too closely at David Tennant, this can be a tenth Doctor yes, story. Yeah. A tenth Doctor story set on a weekend after he's had one too many. Yes, you yeah, know, he's not shaved. He's looking a bit haggard. Yeah, his hair's a bit messy, but yeah, tenth Doctor. All right. Well, the tipping point for me is when they're in that car park. And the doctor has been figuring out things aren't quite as they seem. Yeah. And he reaches into his coat and he <laughs> takes out that judge's wig and puts it on. Now, Mark, over on our Facebook page, has pointed out, or was it Mickey Rat, has said, 
well, the Doctor did the same thing in Stones yeah. of Blood. Yes. But at that it was point, then. at that point though, we had gone from this rather hammer-esque thing about yeah. killer standing stones into the absolute absurd of what was going on on that spaceship, yeah. and it had become very, very silly. This isn't meant to be a silly, silly thing. And and I'm sorry, but David Tennant hasn't got the chops no, that Tom I Baker agree. has to actually just come up with a farcical notion and get it across to the audience yes. without you going, that's bloody irritating, because, which it was to me. Yeah, because we had had many years of the fourth Doctor taking things out of his pockets, you know, Batmobiles, things like that, endless pockets, wearing stupid costumes, putting things on. We'd, had, we'd built it up that even though it was really stupid in Stones of Blood, you could go, okay, that's the fourth Doctor. Yeah. But no point has the tenth Doctor ever really done this. This story, it's all she can't remember. She's, she's going to die. She can't remember yes. me. She can't remember me. And then all of a sudden, sudden we have the gurning, silly Doctor yeah. back with this whole, you know, such, such and such proclamation and I bring the first witness and it's like, yeah. oh, piss off. And piss I do apologise. I'll say this right now. I apologise if you should listen to my audio commentary. At that point, my Jeez, language <laughs> starts going downhill <laughs> because I, I get audibly really hacked off with this story. Really? Yeah. I, this, this was the point that I think for other reasons as well, this was the point where I thought they got to, they're doing the, they said, okay, we're in the garage underground. What what happens next in this story? And they go, oh, we've left all the scripts at home. (laughs) Ah, don't bother. We'll make it up as we go along. Because at this point, it jettisons almost the entire uh, Meep storyline. Yeah. Um, Because we've got to move on to Russell T. Davis's uh, storyline. Um, so yeah, it makes no sense. The doctor, yeah, takes this wig out. And says, oh, okay, and then it's, it's like, hold off, we're going to have a court case. I bring two witnesses. Presses a button on his bloody sonic, and it can now beam people in. Yeah. So he beams in the two wraith warriors, um, and then he's talking about, and then the entire sort of plot of the star beast. So the meep, the thing. That in the comic book was done in wonderful flashbacks. Yeah. Really atmospheric. This is done in a voiceover. We what? We can't afford to show any of this. It's like yeah, the meep's actually evil. Oh, okay. And then the meep goes, yeah, I am evil. And, and turns everyone. into Gollum. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <coughs> where's 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 the meep? You know, going no, Doctor and. And Rose go in and stand in front of it saying, Doctor, you can't say this about yeah, the meat. That would be much better. Everyone goes, Oh, he's evil. Oh, okay. Hmm. Also, um, how does this fit in with we shouldn't judge people by their appearance? Russell. Russell. When the meep, when it's evil, suddenly gets bad pointy teeth. Yeah. <laughs> and snarls. Isn't that judging? So everyone with bad pointy teeth is evil? Why? What the hell is going on? Um, but yeah, at that point, pretty much the story fizzles out. Even though we've got, what, 20 minutes left of the running time. And it's... Um, it, oh, 
after that, my, yeah, yeah, it lost me. You know, it's like, oh no, oh no, none of this makes sense now. The whole thing about you know getting to the steel yard where the spaceship is, um, and the doctor's got to nobble this uh, spaceship. He's never encountered the Meep species at all, no. but he knows how to operate that spaceship. Well, he goes, he, he takes one look at it and goes, oh, it's a dagger drive. Yeah. So something we've never heard of before. Okay. Um, he immediately knows what he's doing. He says, if if the Meep uh, activates it, it will destroy 10 square miles of uh, London town because it use, it converts it into energy to use to take off, which I just have to say is a really stupid space drive. Yeah. Because that means you can't take off from your your own planet or your own property or your own base. What a useless thing. Also, it's the same bloody superhero pulsing, red, you know, blue beam in the sky type idea again, isn't yeah. it? This yeah. thing. So, that, yeah, the Meep, the Meep starts it up um, and then buggers off for the rest of the story. Uh, sat up in the control room, but we just we just leave it. We leave it. Um, we've also had this really weird scene. I keep calling the meat it because we've had this really weird oh. scene where the doctor is berated for using the wrong pronouns or yeah. assumed pronouns for the meep. Yeah. Um, and the meep he goes, "What's your pronoun?" The meep says, "I'm the definite article." And the doctor goes, "Oh yes, I am as well." I was like, "Oh dear, teeth mm-hmm. grinding." Um, Again, I, I can't see a, a an alien bent on world domination worrying too much about the wrong pronouns. I don't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the Meep starts its spaceship. The Doctor works out. He, go, he goes into the control room. He sends everyone else away. But Donna decides to follow him. The rest, they're all rescued by the scientific advisor, who, for some reason, has... Uh, weapons-grade missiles built into her wheelchair. Why? So do all wheelchair users have weaponry built in? Because that's what Russell T. Davis is yeah, saying. Yeah, Russell. That, that if one wheelchair user does something, they all do. So that's a weird thing. Has, has he been attacked by wheelchair users at some point? <laughs> um, I think he should be. I think he should be. So she goes off to hold back the possessed army, and we never see any of this because budget um <coughs> uh, donna goes rushes onto the control room and gets stuck there and the doctors he can't solve it because the only the only person that could solve this would be the doctor donna and he can't bring the doctor donna back because it would kill donna and we do get a quite nice scene where donna immediately goes well that's a stupid thing i don't care i'll die because yeah, I'm saving yeah, 10, 10. And it's like, 9 million nice. people, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. quite a nice thing, and it's quite touching, and it's like, oh, that's, a good, that's what Donna would do. Um, but then the Doctor activates Donna by reeling off all these the winter unconnected soldier words. The Winter Soldier, exactly the Winter Soldier, which I've already seen on multiple Facebook posts where people are treating this as if it's you know a new work by... Tolkien listing these things, and you know you're going to see them on, you're going to see them on T-shirts, and people will be talking about. It. And it's, you remember the same thing when um, you they did that uh, uh, 
five bar gate counting thing and you draw drew it on your hand and you yeah. drew it and every year people would do it and it's just tedious nonsense and um <coughs> so he says these words and the final four words are binary 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 um i haven't rewatched the last donna episode so i'm my assumption is these words were not in that these this is made up for this one because the doctor didn't i don't think he set these words up or anything i don't remember <laughs> i think what 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 russell t davis is hoping is that people will, like me won't bother going back watch it and go oh my god they set up this whole binary thing back then how clever um which bollocks <laughs> um so donna dies it's so sad donna dies. oh no she's she's alive uh yeah it turns out her head wouldn't immediately explode. It just means that that because she's had a child, the energy's been dissipated into the child a bit as well. That's when I was swearing so, at the yeah. TV. So, so Donna is not dying, but she will die. So everyone else turns up again. Uh, we've forgotten the meep. The meep's bugging off at this point. He's like, we're not going to do anything about that. So it comes back and... Um, so the doctor says, oh, Donna and now Rose, you're both going to die. You've got the metacrisis energy in you. Uh, you're both going to die. And bearing in mind, this was set up as the end of a massive arc for a really important character that was the most, you know, at the time was tragic. And the thing is, they go, they not only go, Russell T. Davis goes, no, 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 we, it's not going to happen. You, you can choose not to have it happen. They then also use it as a way to insult the male doctor again. Mm-hmm. If you were still a female, you'd understand. Yeah. A, a male presenting doctor can't understand that the one thing that a female can do is let it go. You're telling me Disney have no say in the script. I'm surprised you didn't sing that last bit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that it was going to go into it. Let it go. Let it go. Um, yeah, it, and it's just it's just horrendous writing. And my my thing with this is not is not the the fact that they've got a trans character, not the fact they've got a trans actress. It's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Um, my thing with this is Russell T. Davis in that weird uncle way again of going, no, no, dear, you're. I support your right to be trans. Then goes on to shit all over trans people by saying the only reason this character is trans is because the Doctor's metacrisis energy confused mm. confused her when she was a boy and that caused her to be trans. Isn't that saying that trans people are just making it up? Effectively, Is that yeah. a nice thing to say, Russell? He's like that weird, like I say, that weird uncle that's desperately trying to be hip and with it, and is just embarrassing. Putting his foot in it Putting every time. It. Yeah. Um, I hope, I hope there's some backlash from this because I just thought that is horrendous. Well, from what I've seen, everybody <laughs> seems to be really enjoying it. Oh, they love it. Yeah, they think he's the the second coming. Yeah, but you remember a time where there was a campaign to get rid of yes. Russell T. Oh, Davis? Oh, yes. In his, in his last couple of years, it, almost as vitriolic as the uh, JNT Should Die brigade, you had the get rid of Russell T. Davis. And then when Stephen Moffat came on, everyone went, uh, oh, my God, Moffat's the saviour of Doctor He's Who. He's the Messiah. 
until two years later when they went, let's get rid of Stephen Moffat. He's and then ruining Chibnall Doctor comes Who. In. Chibnall, hurrah! Let's get rid of Chibnall. Chibnall's ruining it. Um, yeah, Russell T. Davis at the end of his tenure was hated, and people were calling for him and David Tennant to go. But now we want them back. Well, this is my worry with this story is that, you know, <clears throat> as I say, it, it's like, you know, the, the, the next three Doctors had never happened. It's like a, 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 a Doctor 10 story. But yes. is this the way the writing is going to go throughout with Russell T now? Even though the Doctor's just about to change, we're still going to have more of this calibre of story. I think we are, yes. And that's a worry. That is I a think, worry. I think we're going to get more of the same. Um, my worry is that that his only his only version of the Doctor is this quirky, yeah. over-the-top... You know, and I, I think that <coughs> Eccleston pulled back on a lot of this because he's a damn good actor, and he stuck up for his principles. And I think he pulled back on a lot of the silliness that David Tennant didn't necessarily do. And I, I quite like David Tennant's Doctor. I, I think he's very watchable. It was lovely to see him back. Hmm? Um, I like David Tennant as a person. He seems to be just an absolutely corking chap. Um, I love his stuff with some, uh, Michael Sheen. It's just hilarious. Um, but it feels like a massive step backwards. Yeah. I know that. I know the reason it was done was because they had to have something for the anniversary year, and Shuti Gatwa was tied up in a, a, a contract. And they'd announced him too early because they were knee-jerking that people didn't like J.D. Whittaker. And it's all these bad decisions that have put him in a position where um, I don't get where we are with Doctor Who at the moment. Well, we've no way of knowing and no. for a few more weeks anyway. So, If, if it turns out, let's theorise a bit, we're probably totally wrong. If it turns out that you're right and in episode three <coughs> we get the Celestial toy maker, and there's some convoluted plot and then at the end of it, it it's acknowledged. It was all a dream. Yeah, and he go, he just clicks his fingers and Shutigata was there. And it's like, ha ha, I fooled you, you'd regenerated, but I made you think you were ten around. I might go, okay, that was quite clever and, yeah. but make it serve a point. Make it serve a point. But I don't know, I don't think the program's clever enough for that anymore. I also think they would piss off the David Tennant fans. Um, what What's really weird is the the whole idea was anniversary year, bringing back what probably definitively for the average person is the their favourite New Who Doctor, bringing back you know, uh, a well-respected companion played by a well-respected comedian. All of this put in, into it, massive hype for it, Disney money, all the Disney stuff, and it performed worse than Jodie Whittaker's yeah. in story, yeah. and only marginally better than Jodie Whittaker's final story. <coughs> um, 
if I no one will be but if I was someone at the BBC at this point I would be looking at heads to roll well if I was at anyone at Disney I'd be going yeah. uh, hang on we've invested all this money yeah. and this is what we get as a result of it you know yeah. why are we doing this <coughs> and I think that might happen because over the last few weeks Disney have started to shit themselves haven't they up till now they've gone with um no no we want to do what's right mm-hmm. we want to support uh you know our ethical code etc etc and we don't care whether our stuff makes money it's the audience's fault it's their fault for not watching this brilliant stuff and don't worry we're being we're being propped up by our theme park so you our films can make an absolute <laughs> absolute debt and half and our theme parks will bail us out Oh, what, the theme parks are losing money. <laughs> and, and so suddenly now they're looking at, you know, they're looking at changing the board. They're looking at perhaps getting rid of Michael Eisner again. There's lots of things going on. And I think we might get to the point, you know, in the next couple of months where Disney start cutting things. Yeah. Because um, also the only thing that saved them financially, even though they, they've, they've made massive losses in the last quarter, but the only thing that stopped it from being a, an absolute your company's gone now was the Hollywood strike mm. because while the strike was on they were actually making money which is weird by not releasing stuff they were losing less money mm. than they did when they released stuff so <coughs> it was actually good for them but now of course they haven't got that uh, that support so they, they've cut loads and loads of, of contracts with people that were were untouchable before that. So, like um, Phoebe Waller-Bridger, yeah, being being paid twenty million, whether she produces anything or not, gone. Yeah, we've we've stopped that contract. Uh, loads of others like that. So there may be hope that Disney Disney do think, hmm, perhaps perhaps we've uh, we've invested in the wrong thing here. Yeah. Or what's probably more than likely <coughs> is. Doctor Who will just become even more Disney-fied. I hope not. I hope not. But while we're talking about Disney and money, can we just uh, talk about the final scenes with the uh, the new TARDIS interior? Oh, God, yeah. So, which I am yeah. stunned, stunned to see that is an actual thing. It's an actual set. So do you remember the story? Do you remember the story that when they were doing this set, and we're talking like... I think this set was originally built well over a year ago, wasn't it? Probably coming up for two years when they were building this set. And, of course, um, uh, Wilf, you know, the wonderful Bernard Cribbins, was still alive. Hmm. And the idea was that he would feature heavily in the anniversary stories. So they built the TARDIS to be wheelchair oh, accessible. Oh, is that the reason remember? for the ramps? Yeah. And that's the reason all I the ramps I did not there. know that. Yeah. And I wonder if, if, because they built that and it was wheelchair accessible so Wilf could do it. And it'll be interesting to see whether they actually shot anything with Wilf on the TARDIS. And I wonder if the wheelchair-bound scientific advisor has uh, been put in so that they can go, well, we, we spent a fortune on these wheelchair ramps. Oh, could yeah. it be that? I think it could be. <coughs> It's very cynical thinking on my part, but you know what? I'm See, I did person. not know that, and 
in the audio commentary, if you choose to listen to it, I do say at the end, it's very, very big, but why are all the ramps there? It's, but the reason I say that, I did not know that. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. Okay. Which I think, if it was for Wilf, part of me goes, okay, we love Bernard Cribbins. That's a lovely touch. Does that then mean the TARDIS knew that Wilf was coming, so has reconfigured for Presumably, Wilf? yeah. It does yeah. look nice, though. I do like it. I, I'm not a fan. I think it looks... It's trying too hard. No, I like it. Just bring it. back the old... I mean, the whole, the whole point... I suppose times have changed, but the whole point of... It's, it's main mission on Space 99 again, isn't it? You've created a set that's so big and cumbersome mm. that you you either have it standing and it costs a fortune or you never ever want to use it because it costs a fortune to raise each yeah, time and true. light. And I wonder if we'll get into that situation where here it is, it's amazing, you're not going well, to see it again. <clears throat> this also, is the big you, question. Yeah. <coughs> is, is this TARDIS interior and TARDIS exterior because it's got a new colour, is this just for the 14th uh, Doctor yeah. and we're going to have a different one for the well, 15th? I... If I was shooting Gatua, I would be well annoyed if that was the case. Because traditionally, you get a new Doctor, you get a new TARDIS interior, and it's for you, and it's tied to yeah. your Doctor. And it's almost like they've, they're saying to him, yeah, you're getting all of David Tennant's cast-offs. Oh, yeah. Um, but you know what? It wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past it that they've spent an absolute fortune on this set for a particular reason that's no longer valid, that they go, yeah, we'll change it. Mm. Might do. Or they might cut it down. Because or... the other thing to notice is uh, not only have you got the ramps, there's wheelchair widths around the console as well now. Ah, uh, so okay. Should, yeah. So, yeah, it's... Uh, I doubt we'll ever know the truth on it. But... The truth w will never come out. If it's Disney+, Plus, definitely, it will never come out. Yeah. All right. And that's, of course... Um, one episode into uh, uh, Shooter's version, um, he breaks his legs and he's then and he's in a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah. And that, that will sig well, that will show that he couldn't ever be an evil doctor, wouldn't it? If he's in a wheelchair, he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, no one in a wheelchair has ever done anything bad. No, never, never. All right. Do you think Russell T. Davis will do a new uh, edited version of Doctor Strangelove? <laughs> Oh, there's a thought. All right, so, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's, your th what's your overall general thoughts on it? Did you enjoy First it? First half, I enjoyed. Second half, all the things, you know, the, <coughs> the, the pratting around, the showing off, the adoration of the Doctor, the silly, doesn't make any sense, why isn't anyone around, the fishwife came back when her memory came back, all those things. Yeah, I had enough of that back in whenever it was, you know, <laughs> yeah. and uh, now we have it in 2023. Yeah, I think I enjoyed about 70% of it. Starbeast um, was good. Yeah, the Starbeast was... Oh, we didn't even cover that. Yeah, the Meep, um, the Meep got ejected into space. Yeah. The, 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 the program didn't care what happened to the Meep, so why should we? Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed the whole Starby thing. I thought the Meep was excellent. I really yeah. enjoyed the Meep. I'd like to see the Meep come And the back, Wraiths, you know, the, the space policemen. They, they, yeah. they were very, apart from their flying things, they were yeah. very accurate, weren't they? They did, a, they did a, a thing that I thought was 
was interesting. I wish they'd continued. Where, when, when the Doctor first lands on Earth and he's creeping about, he doesn't want to talk to anyone. Doesn't want to bump into Unit. He's being very uh, silent. He's not speaking a lot. And I thought that that should have been what they aimed for with this Doctor, because <coughs> the bit the bit that I went right at the end when um, when. Uh, Donna and uh, the Doctor are back in the TARDIS and the Doctor starts doing that happy dance mm. I was like mm. I did laugh out loud at Donna pouring the the uh, the coffee and stuff because again because she's a good comedian she's got great comic timing and I didn't really see that coming I should have done well, when they're mentioning it and I thought, that, okay, that was funny. I enjoyed that. In the audio what, commentary, you'll oh, hear right. me say, why is there a coffee machine on yeah. the TARDIS ah, console? Right, yeah. Two See, minutes later, we find out yeah. why there's a coffee machine. Also, the TARDIS, amazing, amazing uh, machine. Is it almost alive? Made by these advanced time lords. Can regenerate? No fuse box. <laughs> no. no RCBs. <laughs> Made by the same people that made Deceive You in the 1960s. Yeah. Slight, slightest <laughs> bit of damage. Sparks everywhere. All right. I can pretty much pour a cup of coffee onto my laptop and it won't do anything. Nope. But the doctor, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they, they've gone off somewhere that they don't know about that will turn out to be exactly the same place they would normally go when the TARDIS can be controlled. Did you find it very effect. odd there was no next time? I did. I thought that was weird. Um, looking at uh, the BBC uh, promotion for this next story and the way they're doing it, I think even the BBC know this next one is pure filler because they're okay. just not hyping it at all. They're all going, oh, don't, once that one's gone, look. Look, it'll be the Celestial Toymaker. I've seen the trailer for it, and it's basically Donna asking the Doctor what's going on. Yeah, and that's it. Well, I've seen I've seen a clip of it, and there's there's cute robots that remind me horribly of the emoji robots. Oh no! Um, so I I don't hold out much hope for this next one. And perhaps it will be the surprise hit. And the reason they're not publicising it is they don't want to don't want to spoil the wonderful <laughs> surprise that it's going to be. <coughs> All right. Well, perhaps. we're going to come back, and we're going to yes. uh, the the next time we do a special, we're going to talk about the next two specials yes. and the Christmas Day special. So uh, we'll carry on there, okay, and see okay. what we think of that, all right? But yes. before we go today, we've got a vote on the Meep. Oh, right, okay. So what do you reckon on the Meep, then, well, design-wise? Design um, well, it's Dave Gibbons, well, isn't yeah, it? I was going to say, well done, Dave Gibbons, yeah, because yeah. they pretty much copied it pretty spot on. I hope um, he got paid for it. I hope so. I have read a story that he only found out about it after they'd started doing it all. Oh. I got a feeling they didn't go to him straight away and say, can we use your character? I'm sure I've read something that he was like, they said, oh, we're using this character and we've realised you have a stake in it. The stake. Um, I hope it's not true, but it does ring true. Um, <coughs> but yeah, <coughs> design-wise... Um, best thing in the, in the episode, I think. Um, really well done. Uh, I, I'll give it an eight. I, I an gave eight. it a nine. Yeah. All right. So that's eight and a half. And how effective was old Miriam? 
Um, Have you seen thought, that photo, yeah. by the way, <laughs> on the internet where somebody has taken uh, a photo of the uh, the meep and put Miriam Margoyle's face on it and said, I must haven't. have been really hot in that costume. Oh, <laughs> well, I, I think she's scarier than the meep, just as her. Yeah. Um, I, I Yeah, I... They should have just let her ad lib it all and then see what nonsense she comes up with. Um, I think she did a good job on it. Um, like you say, she give, shouldn't have had long speeches to do. No, Don't because she sounds like an old lady. Yeah. Um, I like that they put in the bits about uh, the high, the, the you know, the high one on high things like. That. I, th- I I quite enjoyed that bit. I thought that was good. Um, the character worked well. I can't score it higher. I think than an eight, because, and it's not the meat's fault, even though it's a fictional character. Um, they just they lost so many chances to flesh the character out and put some really good creepy stuff in, and and it was like we've got the meat. That was sort of the seemed to be the attitude of the script. So I'm going to stick with an eight okay. for effectiveness. Okay. All right. I gave it a seven. <laughs> All right, so that ends up with a um, a final tally of eleven point seven. All right, which is quite high. Eleven point seven. Yeah. Out of ten. Hang on, what am I talking? I think something's gone wrong there. Or you really enjoyed Hang on. it. Seven plus eight divided by two. Ah, there, there's where I've gone wrong. Seven point <laughs> five plus. 8.5 divided by 2 equals 8. 8. That's a straight that's 8. Fair. There we go. Right. So, caravan park time. Um, from the bottom upwards, do you remember Lon all those hours ago when we oh were talking God, about yeah, Lon? that was a while back. Yeah. He was a 2. That yeah. puts him in a caravan. Oh, my God. That's a big <laughs> caravan. Is he in with Lee John? Uh, no. No. Far below. Uh, Mestor, human-shaped Gelf. The big-headed Malus, the Dragon, Plasmatrons, Xerophon, Eldrad 2, the Space Pirates, Portreeve, the Human Axons, and the Morrocks. Dear, that's, a, that's quite a dull caravan, isn't it? Yep. Um, the Mara, this version Mara, is in a caravan with the Garm. Who are the Garm? <laughs> That was the big dog creature from Terminus, another Davison story. Oh, blimey. All right. Terrible okay. Thing. All right. And then an eight. Oh, I haven't got my page for the eight because I didn't think we were going to go that high. Yeah. Hang on a second. Oh, so many pieces of paper. Eight, eight, eight. Right. An eight for the Meep puts the Meep in with another busy caravan. Uh, Litten. Oh, right. All right. Um, I think he, he wouldn't put up with the meat, would he? No. Um, invasion of the Earth Daleks. Well. The Sensorites. Boss. All in capitals. Um, Day of the Daleks. Daleks. Oh, no, sorry, Gold Leader from Day of the Daleks. Oh, right. And the regular Dalek from Planet of the Daleks. So the meat's in good company. I think that may so well be. Well done, the meat. Yeah. I, yeah, I've got to look down through this. The Meep might actually be the highest New Who adversary we've had uh, yet. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, uh, I think Russell T. Davis can be very proud that he created the Meep, but oh, no, he didn't. 
Oh, your sarcasm. <coughs> yeah. All right. So okay. We're nearly done. Yeah, we're nearly done. This is quite it's a. It's been a long one, this, isn't it? A, yeah. a big wrong run. That's how come you're coughing so much. It is. Yeah, my throat is uh, is really sort of starting to pack in. Yeah. All right. We're gonna we're gonna call it a day. Um, I'll just announce next time we're skipping tenth because we yes. just talked about tenth stroke. You know, you know, 14th. It's the 10th. Yeah. Um, so we're going to the 11th, and it's my choice. Yes. Do you know uh, a story called The Rebel Flesh? Oh, right. Yes, that's a um, that's a two-parter. Is it? You've done another two. Yeah, the, 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 it's The Gangers. It is The Gangers, yeah. yes. Um, yeah, that's, that's a two-parter. Okay, all right. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember what the other one's called. Rebel Flesh and the... Do they look interesting, these blank-faced, you know, folk? Yeah. It's not quite the thing, but it's similar sort of ideas. I had a... They brought out a toy, uh, and it was to make a ganger version of the Doctor, and it was like... Remember the Terminator flesh injector toy where you injected... No. um, uh, So so basically you had a Terminator skeleton, and you put it in a mould that was shaped like Arnold Schwarzenegger, and you injected dental alginate into it, and then really? you could pick it apart. You could pick skin off. Yeah. And they, they decided to do a, a Doctor Who version. And it was, uh, uh, you pushed this dental alginate up into a, uh, a, a mold of Matt Smith. No. And you made this flesh doctor, a ganger doctor. Yeah, Are you making this up? No, honestly. Honestly, yeah, yeah you Google search it. Google search uh, fleshy doctor <laughs> ganger. No, it, it, honestly, it's, it's a real toy. Um, Blimey. It was doing that sort of mild re- uh, sort of renaissance of Doctor Who when Matt Smith sort of brought it back to be popular. Yeah. And we had loads of weird toys. They were nice times, weren't they? They were nice, weren't they? When, it, when you could go... When you liked watch Doctor watching Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> It, uh, when you could mention it in front of your workmates without and not getting embarrassed, changing, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, Hopefully well that's what back. we've got next time. All right. All oh, right. Okay. So two part. Yeah, but it won't be in two weeks because um, you know I'm on late next week. All right. Yes. Okay. No. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for this hanging is... in there. Oh blimey, we're nearly at two hours. Well, all right. You've had your money's worth this week. Yeah, and that's why your throat's giving out. Yeah. It is. Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay, Ian. Okay, listener. See you next time. Right. Thanks, then. Bye. Bye. listener right it is 29 minutes past six on the 25th of november 2023 in one minute doctor who is supposed to start um it ain't i'm still watching the weakest link um no i'm 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 going to do an audio commentary i've decided um the reason i've decided to do it is uh um, aside from myself and our youngest um i'm by myself tonight um youngest isn't a big Doctor Who fan, and um, shortly she's going to be going up to her room, So, which leaves me alone to watch Doctor Who. So I thought, well, why not uh, 
why not uh, do a little audio commentary? So here I am. I'm sat down. Um, I've got a couple of beers with me as, uh, as my companion. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to turn the sound up in a minute. Um, and so this becomes, as I say, an audio commentary. And, and this recording, if I don't swear too much, um, will be going out after our next... Uh, uh, added on to the end of our next episode of Doctor Who, when uh, Ian and I will be um, giving our views on it. You get this as well, if you're unlucky. So, yeah, yeah, just uh, credits are rolling on Weakest Link right now. So, uh, going into this, um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. I, I, I'm a big fan of the Star Beast tale. You know, the comic uh, version, the original um, because that was back when Doctor Who Weekly had been released, and uh, I was a big 2000 AD fan, and um, here you had a comic strip written by John Wagner, but mainly Pat Mills, illustrated by Dave Gibbons, and a uh, massive Dave Gibbons fan. You know, I loved his work on Robusters. Um, he had just created and done the first few episodes of Rogue Trooper, and then he left Rogue Trooper to jump ship and go across to Doctor Who Weekly, which, and this Starbeast story is one of the first. So, um, oh, there's the old David. Um, oh, it's an advert for the iPlayer. So I'm going to turn the sound up in a minute, and um, I'll try and uh, waffle all the way through it. Uh, apologies for any swearing. Um, there's things in this that I'm not looking forward to. There's things in this that, yeah, I think they're going to irritate me. I th- I'm just hoping that these stories, this whole thing about you know, David Tennant is the 14th Doctor, is just a red herring. This is all make-believe, and it's leading into the Celestial Toymaker or whatever that bloke is, and it's all just fantasy, and it's not real, right? Um, so, yeah, I think we're just about to go. Yeah, we are just about to go. So, up with the sound. I don't know if you can hear this. If if you can't hear it, I'll say now when it starts. Ready? Steady? Now. Oh, very Marvel opening credits. Everyone's doing this now. You know, Hammer are doing it. DC are doing it. Marvel are doing it. Hooniverse. Once upon a time, Lord. Oh. See, this is going to be a bit of a problem for me, Donna Noble. Recap. I don't really remember her, her leaving. I don't remember any of this at all. Oh, here we go. Is the Doctor talking to us? And who is Donna talking to? Who are you talking to, Doctor? Yeah, why? I think the story has 
man. Ian and I have said, oh, David Tennant, he's, uh, we all age, don't we? You know, um, are they going to mention the fact that he looks older, but how can he look older? Let's see. I wish you'd do something about his bloody hair and all. Mind you, I'm just jealous, aren't I? Well, good to see Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons get a From a Story by credit. And we're off. Russell T. Davis, seeing that name, doesn't exactly get my heart pounding. Oh, usual, TARDIS appears, no one's around. Don't do your what, what thing, please. Oh, I've been there. This is uh, Camden. Yeah, yeah, there's the archware. Yeah, those big robot things are there. It's, it's some poncy fancy shop. Yeah, you see people dress like the doctor in Camden all the time. Oh, no. Ugh. Oh. Gobby Donna. What are the chances? He comes out the TARDIS, somebody's having a problem with the boxes, and it just happens to be her. Oh, stop your what? Oh, and the arched eyebrows. God, it's annoying. Go on. Oh, he didn't say I'm the doctor. So we're what? How far into this are we? So... I don't know. I mean, you know, the Starbeast story was... uh, uh, of note because um, not only was it a terrific story, but you know it was the very first time the uh, the Doctor had a black companion, and I don't know. I mean, is is this Donna's daughter um, black because uh, is that a nod to Sharon? Why not just call her Sharon? I mean, we get a comedy what from the Doctor then to hear that. Where's Rose? But oh, stop it with the what? Stop it with the frowning. So, Dad's going to take him to where the spaceship crashed. Uh-huh. Oh. Oh, is this going to be like a greatest hits? Convenient. We now have a taxi ride to get the doctor up to speed. How long have you been married then? Here we go. 
Of course you have. Oh, this is ringing a bell that she won a lottery ticket or the doctor arranged for her to win the lottery. That's ringing a very, very faint bell. How does he know next level? Oh, I see this bloody great building on fire. This is unit, is it? Robocop police outfits are unit now, are they? So, yeah, the doctor's using his sonic screwdriver to cut his way through a security fence and nobody sees him. I suppose if you squint, this could be an old David Tennant story. Yeah, as long as he's in the distance like that. Yep, that could be Tenth Doctor. But boy... So the spaceship hasn't crashed, it's landed into a steelworks. We're going to get out. Who are you? I'm the doctor coming up, aren't we? Scientist in a wheelchair. Well, she's not going to be evil then, is she, Russell? Again, London streets, not one bloody car on it. Oh no. Oh, I'd forgotten the mother. Sooner or later, we've got to do another Donna Noble story, and I ain't looking forward to it. Where's Wilf? No such thing as spaceships. She was there, weren't she, with the Daleks and everything before? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> this is fast forward moment. I don't care. I really don't care. Don't doubt it, Donna. Oh, 
I don't know. I don't know much about this uh, run of um, specials. Is Donna in all of them? I guess we'll find out at the end with a preview for next time. How far are we in? Is that all? So there she is with her laptop and she's in the kitchen like she was at the beginning. So again, who was she talking to or who is she going to talk to at the end of it? Has the mum forgotten the doctor? I don't remember. <laughs> had a bit of a breakdown. <laughs> so did I for about two years. So did I. It was called Memories of Doctor Who. Rose and Sean and you. Oh, right. So Sean must be the husband. I wish I could act. Acting ability. That's a small escape pod. What could possibly be in there? I'll tell you what, during these boring bits, I should have got out my uh, my copy of the Star Beast comic. <coughs> I think she's just about to meet the meep. <coughs> Excuse me. See, I don't mind. I don't. I don't mind the meep. It's pretty accurate, isn't it? I mean, they look pretty accurate to the comic, but they sound like they're talking inside a bucket, which they are. 
Oh, bloody hell. Is there anything the Sonic can't do? The Golden Bennett. Come on, bit of exposition, Doctor. Come on. Ian was saying about they said somewhere that uh, with the Meep that uh, anybody who reads the comic imagines Miriam Margoyles doing the voice. No, they bloody well don't. Nobody's ever thought that. Unit advisor. <laughs> I almost said it exactly the same time she did. Nor do we, mate. Oh, stop it, stop it, stop it. <sighs> Did she? Why would she die? I don't remember. You haven't got that face back. It's not exactly the same, is it, Dave? And have a shave while you're at it. Why would it be heading for Donna Noble? Oh, he's... Oh, no. No, no. Sorry, I'm... I'm, I'm I've got horrible... <laughs> horrible uh, misgivings about how things are going to start panning out. Those unit outfits are terrible. Can you see Benton in one of those outfits? Absolutely no way.
Uh. Oh, we're going to have zombie troopers. Yep, we got zombie troopers. Get out of there, girl in a wheelchair. <laughs> Convenient they have flipped down sunglasses to hide their glowing eyes. Is this too much of a coincidence that she's keeping the meep in a garage at the bottom of her garden, much like Elliot did with E.T.? I mean, it's not bad effect, the meep. I mean, it's obviously all CGI, but uh, the first good. Yeah, it's good. Comedy gold. Well, maybe you are. bit from the trailers coming up. This is an E.T. moment as well, pretending to be a cuddly toy. <laughs> so the doctor turns up just as Donna's in mid rant. Oh, the mother does remember it all. That means the mother's <laughs> the mother's going to. Well, the mother knows that's the doctor. She knows that Scottish twang. Don't swear. You should not have swearing in Doctor Who. Skinny man. 
ho, ho, ho. Oh dear. Major Singh. Okay. I'm waiting for a deaf unit soldier. I'm waiting for a blind unit soldier. We've got to include everyone, haven't we? Mad Paddington. This is so different from the comic. This is the only bit maybe I, I'm, I, I'm looking forward to is, um, you know, the Doctor meeting up with Wilf again. Bring in Wilf. Oh. Chosen pronouns. Oh. Oh. Meep's better when Meep's not saying too many words, I think. If it's more than, like, one line, it's, uh... It just sounds like an old woman. Which it is. Again, the two aliens, how did they get there and nobody saw them? Again, road completely empty apart from the two unit trucks. Oh, I'm so, I am so bored where you have like a battle with space guns and nobody actually hits anybody else 
So the Sonic can make a force shield now, can it? I'm presuming those uh, those space policemen are actual suits. They're not CGI. I mean, really, while we're just going through a tedious battle, I mean, this is Russell T. Davis. This is... This could be a 10th Doctor story, couldn't it? Apart from, I mean, <laughs> in the 10 plus years, you know, since uh, we had the 10th Doctor, we have all the pronoun stuff now, which we didn't have back then. It's everything. go she's starting to like him she's starting to fancy him because hey she's mortal isn't she where are all the civilians on that street why isn't anyone in any of those houses coming out to have a look? I mean, what is going on? You've got a full-on gunfight in the street and not one person is coming out the house to have a look. Not one. This is nonsense. How much longer we got? About half an hour. So we're halfway in. Bloody hell. So a whole truck's been bazookered, flies up in the air, crashes back down again, and still no one's come out to have a look. Oh, they've all got headphones on like that bloke, have they? What? 
Oh, get out of it. So, so the aliens can't... They've got their space guns and they can't shatter a windscreen or dent a taxi. Oh, bloody hell. No wonder nobody's dying. I don't know if you can hear the the sound. Hopefully you can. Oh my god. What? Oh my god. No. No. Oh, fuck off. No, no, this is... No. All right, that explains... That that answers my question. How come their guns don't work on the taxi? All right. Exhibit B, your bloody stupid wig. Where did you get it from, Doctor? Sorry about my language. Oh, Russell, what the bloody hell are you doing? Just, why couldn't they have just remade the comic with David Tennant? Up until he put that wig on, it's like, okay, this is an acceptable Tenth Doctor story based on a classic comic. But now, now you can piss right off. Oh, the meat turns into Gollum. Please. Oh. <laughs> As I sighed, he sighed his last. Why is there not a few artist pieces on this planet? 
That's a notification off the Facebook page. <laughs> Let me have a look at that. Anything rather than looking at what's on the screen. Let me have a look. Yeah, thanks, Mickey Rack, Rat, and Sam Cockton um, for uh, liking my photo. I guess you're watching it with me. Are you uh, <laughs> enduring it with me? Donna's not too bad, I must say. She's not as irritating as. Uh, I remember her being. Right, back to the TV. What's going on? They're back at the steel plant. So they've landed in a steel plant to affect repairs then? Yeah, there. God, I'm good. Oh my god. Hail to the meep. <laughs> I name this ship bullshit. God, that looks like Gollum. Well, we've got about 20 minutes left, so if we're going to see Wilf, I guess it's going to be at the very end. Oh, piss right off. A weaponized wheelchair. 
Oh, with a unit sign on the back. I'll piss off. Oh. oh, fucking hell. Oh, no. Is this how it's all going to be now? Man. Yeah, Donna's all right, actually. <laughs> how does the doctor know how to operate all this spaceship he doesn't know about the meep but he knows how to operate the meep's ship oh deadlocked there's an old one Russell. does he know? Dagger drive. Oh dear. Wait, you can't get out. You were just leaving. Why are you still in there? <sighs> All right, so we have Two people running down a road. No, because it will mean... Oh. 
So he's bringing her memories back with key words, is he? Yeah. Oh, when she comes back, she's not going to go off on one and become that fish wife again, is she? Uh, so that's the time... Time Lord mind that was in her, I suppose. Again, bloody streets are turning into lava and nobody's coming out. Oh, Gordon Bennett. Oh, she's going to be back, isn't she? Yeah, she's back. Where the bloody have you been? Oh, no, it's old Donna back. Oh. Oh. Oh, it's the fishwife. How does she know how to operate it? Oh, no. Donna Noble is bloody irritating. Yes. <laughs> How can roads seal themselves back up? Russell, what the bloody hell are you going on about? Oh, God's sake. Do you think it fixed the potholes as it did so? Is she finally going to die now? Yeah, why did this face come back? Why is she dying? I didn't get that. Why? Why? Is she? <laughs> we have orders to kill you. Just shoot him. What? What? 
Oh. Could it be Rose? Of course it's Rose. <sighs> Again, how the bloody hell does she know what to do? The meta crisis passed down into her. Fuck right off. Ugh. The shed was the memory of her TARDIS. Oh, piss off. Oh. No, 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 no. Of course you are, Rose. Of course you are. Oh, God. She's bloody annoying, this girl in a wheelchair. So he shot the meep into space who come down on a parachute. Ah, oh, there she is. It is. They is. That is. I hope you don't. The boss, oh dear. I hate that as well, Doctor. Where's it gone then? The orange thing that was in them. I 
That's a good advert for that shop. New paint job for the TARDIS. Yeah, let's please go and see Wolf. Now, are we going to see Wolf now? We've got enough time. We've got just over five minutes left. Big. You changed, <laughs> Mr. Grimsdale. <laughs> Why? Why is it that big? Why does it have to have all those ramps? It's a nice colour, though. Why are there breasts on the central column? Oh, I've got a thing like that up in my room. Oh, it's nice. I like it. Too big, though. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, we got the cocky doctor back. What about you? <laughs> I don't think we're going to see Wilf this time. Oh, jeez. Coffee machine. Oh, piss off. Why? Why? Who's going to like that? It killed me, it killed me, it killed me, and I never mentioned you in any of my subsequent incarnations. Thank you. 
beer's almost run out. I need more. Oh no. Here we go. Tardis out of control. Because she spilt some coffee. Come on, Cloister Bell. We're out of control because of a spilt coffee. Don't put the coffee machine there. I guess that's why the coffee machine's there. Well, uh, okay. I don't want to see some up yourself self-congratulatory making of. Thank you very much, David. Come on, let's see her next time. Hopefully we'll see Wilf next time. We're obviously going to see Donna. Is this new music? I don't know if this is new. It's all right. God, how many visual effects people? I wonder what Pat Mills and Dave Gibbons make of this. Come on, next time. <laughs> no, next time. That's strange. Okay. Okay, right. Hang on one second. <laughs> there we go. Sorry, I couldn't find my remote control. All right, so that's that. Um, um, I'll, I'll I'll think about it and I'll talk about it. Um, when I uh, record with Ian on Wednesday, but uh, off the top of my head, it was all right. Um, typical Tenth uh, Doctor story, and passable until the point he takes that wig out, and uh, then it lost me because uh, yeah, <laughs> um, it's ain't going to recover from that. And then you get Gobby Donna back, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, um, bring on Wilf is what I say. All right, I'm, I'm going to turn this off now um, and uh, head on over to Facebook. Hopefully, um, some of you will have uh, left your comments. So, uh, all right, um, yep, end of.